Well, good morning, church. It's lovely to see you here. A big welcome to Gateway Church, uh, both here in the building and online. And um, we're, we're really delighted to be able to, to gather together. If you're here in the building, would you like to stand with me? Um, you're more than welcome to. I'm just going to run through um, a few of our, our, our messages that we're running through week by week with church looking, feeling, being a bit different. Um, and of course, if you're watching online, um, then, well, do whatever you want. Um, but here in the building, obviously, um, we're we're maintaining some of the practices that we have to at the moment so please do um, keep your face masks on and, and you'll notice the one-way system if you need to use the facilities then it, again it, it's via the one-way system there um, those of you who've been here for a bit you'll know already but um, we're not currently permitted to sing um, within the congregation uh, but as we do continue through our gathering this morning we will be led in some fantastic songs of worshiping God and we'll have opportunity to reflect upon his goodness and to enter in that way and we're continuing this morning um, with our series on the story of God and we're going to be really unpacking what it is um, to enjoy what who God is and what he's been doing as part of our gathering this morning we will be sharing in uh, communion Um, maybe you've brought your own uh, this morning if you're in the building obviously at home if you've not uh, we do have these uh hygienically hermetically sealed things um so you may have spotted them as you've come in um if not don't worry um we might bring a tray around later maybe we can do that if you want that um uh, it's got a little bit of uh, the juice in it there it has a wafer in it my apologies nobody in the history of humanity has designed a wafer that tastes good and doesn't stick to the roof of your mouth so apologies about that but um it is just a way of us sharing in communion during these covid times um can i pray with you all this morning would that be okay um here in the building online uh, why don't we pray and we'll just reflect on god's goodness and welcome him this morning dear Jesus we thank you Uh, we thank you that we're part of a story we're part of a grand and a glorious story one uh, that you have known spoken set into motion in time and space Lord God and you have done so um, really with us in mind you knew us before the foundation of anything else and you have loved us eternally And so, God, we thank you that our story is here intersecting with your great and glorious story. God, it's a bit mind-blowing to appreciate this, but you've been working everything together for our good so that we might meet with you, so that we might know your love, so that we might be changed and transformed by your grace, so that we might get the opportunity to walk with you all the days of our life and into eternity. God, I pray that you would warm our hearts with these truths. I pray, God, that you would uh, grab our attention with this uh, reality. That, God, you would shake us up where we need to be shaken up, Lord God. And you would still us where we need to be set at peace. Jesus, we believe and trust in you for all of these things and more. So, God, encourage our hearts as we worship you. Encourage our hearts as we grow in your grace. In your holy and righteous name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be led in a couple of songs now before we have a, a family part to our, our gathering um, that um, is going to be a lot of fun. I know those of you who are at home have been probably printing out your targets, sticking them to the back of your mum or your dad. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's engage with God's goodness, shall we? Good morning. Good morning, Gateway. It's so good to have you with us this morning, whether you're in the building, whether you're at home. We love having you here with us to learn about God together. Now then, kids. 
Kids in the building, kids at home, this bit's for you. So again, push your groups to the side. Kick them out of the room if you want, they're too old. Get them out. Right. Like Pastor Greg said, you might have had a message. Your grown-ups might have had a message to say that you might want to bring with you a target. If you didn't get that message, don't worry at home. Oh, we can see some brought to chat. Oh, well done. Okay, if you didn't, it, that's okay. If you still want to join in, get, go and get yourself just a blank piece of paper or a, a plate from the kitchen, a cushion from the couch, whatever, something that can represent a target. And then you're going to need something to throw. And I've got, I've got paper scrunched up into balls. I've got tinfoil scrunched up. So go and get something like that. You've got about 30 seconds at home. Go and get yours. Okay, Karen, my lovely assistant, is, is holding my target for me here. You can whip for going, that's okay. Right, now then, pass your targets to your grown-ups at home. And grown-ups, go far away. We don't want to make this easy. And in fact, if it's too easy, you ruin my whole message. So go far away, go far away. Far away, oh, this other side of the room. <laughs> don't go too far. And kids, you're going to need to get your scrunched up whatever, your scrunched up paper, whatever you're using to throw. And what we're going to try and do is we want to hit the bullseye, that yellow bit in the middle. And you're going to have a go at just throwing as many as you can. And I want to see if you can get the bullseye, that target in the middle, let's say five times. I bet you can't. I bet you can't get it five times. You definitely won't be able to get it every time. Maybe you'll get it close, but definitely not in the bullseye. I don't think you can do it at all. Are you ready? I'm sorry in the building. I'm sorry. You can live your fun through me. You come on. Are you ready? Everyone at home, are you ready? Three, two, one, go. Oh. Okay, try again. Try again. Oh, nearly got you, Karen. Get your next turn. Ready? Oh, that was rubbish. That wasn't anywhere near. Are you ready? Oh, no. Oh. Okay, nearly. Maybe. This one. Oh, it fell short. That's important for later. <laughs> it fell short. Uh, oh. Right, I'm going to have my last go. Did you get it at home? Are you doing it? Oh, rubbish. Rubbish. Did you get it at home on the bullseye? I bet you did. I bet you didn't every time. I bet you didn't get that five that we were aiming for. Maybe you got close, but we didn't quite get the bullseye. And in fact, maybe you fell short like I did. If you fall short, it means you didn't quite get there at all. You didn't quite get where you wanted to be. Now then, I've used this this morning because in the Bible, the word for sin in the Hebrew actually comes from archery and from, from missing the bullseye, from falling short, not quite getting the gold in the middle. So that's why we're talking about that. And in fact, you might even fall short. Now, sin is what we're going to be talking about today. That's quite a big word, sin. It's bad, bad things that we're talking about, bad things that we might do. That's what we're going to be talking about today. That is what causes us in life to fall short of God. That keeps us separate from God. The things that we do in our lives that aren't good, that, that God and the Bible tells us that we shouldn't do, sin, that's what keeps us separate from God. And we can't get to him. Now then, Karen's going to represent people for me today. And the Bible says that everybody in the whole world everybody, Karen's everybody, sins. Everybody, do bad, everybody does bad things and everyone falls short of the glory of God. Everybody does it. You do it. Your mums and your dads do it. All of your family. Karen, Karen's done bad things. I've done bad things. We all, we all do bad things. Now then, I want you to help me. I want you to shout out at the screen if you're at home or at me if you're in the building. I want you to shout out some bad things that we might do, that people might do, some, some sin. What do we do? What do we do in life? 
Oh, oh, okay. I had steel. That's not good. So we might steal. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> we might steal. What else might we do that isn't so good? Some sins that we might do. Oh, we're perfect in here. What, what do we do? Oh, oh, we might tell lies. We might tell lies. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. We might tell lies. What else might we do? we're very good in here we don't we don't sin at all in here maybe your mum told you to clean up and you didn't that wouldn't be very good would it maybe it's past your bedtime you've been told to go to bed but you won't go to bed look at all these bad things that we're doing maybe you've been mean to your friends in school maybe you've said some mean things not very good at all maybe you've said some bad words bad words are sins aren't they Karen Sorry, Tiff, I got your keyboard. Your keyboard's the sinner now. Maybe you've, you've hurt somebody, not even just with your words, but maybe you've been hitting, pushing, kicking, you've been fighting. These are all sins. Now then, look at Karen, she's a mess. Everybody sins, and look how messy it makes us. That's what we look like on the inside when we sin. We're a complete mess and that is the sin that keeps us far away from God and maybe you might think okay well I I can fix that I can do good things to fix that let me make myself nice and clean so we come and we try and try and clean ourselves close your eyes Karen this sprays water I didn't tell her it sprays water right so we try and clean ourselves okay and we think I can do good things and if I do some good things I'll be okay I'll make up for it it's okay Oh, but it's not working. The sin's still there. She's still, she's still messy. She's still covered in her sin. It's not working. We can't clean ourselves up. But there's someone that can. There's someone that says, I, I can make you clean. I can, get, I can take that sin away. Who's that somebody that can make us clean? Shout out for me. Jesus. Who? Jesus, Jesus can take away our sin. That's what he wants to do. When you ask him into your life and you say sorry about the things that we've done, he can make you clean. So he came along when Jesus came and he said, give your sin to me. No, I can't get close to Karen. So just put it on my stick, Karen. Take your sin off. There we go. Jesus says, I'll take it. Okay. And he put it on himself. He bore our sin. He put our sin on. And he took it somewhere. Where did he take our sin? To the cross. He took it to the cross where he died for our sin, for our forgiveness. And then he was put in a grave. He took it to the grave. And then Jesus, Jesus came out of the grave. But what did he do with our sin? He left it there. It's gone. And look at Karen. She's squeaky clean. She's done. She's forgiven. That's what Jesus can do. He makes you clean. He makes you new. We've all done bad things and it's okay. And we still will do bad things. That's the way that we are. That's what the Bible says. But the Bible also tells us that Jesus can take your sin away. If you just ask him to, if you just ask him into your life, say, Jesus, I believe in you. I love you. I want you to make me clean. I'm sorry for what I've done. Look what he can do. He can do that for you as well. Thank you so much for joining in with us this morning.
just negotiate all of the leftovers uh, on my way up. Thank you very much. And, and I just received a text message from my house uh, where my family are this morning. And Erin um, said, as Grace said, what are some bad things that you can do? Judah took a rolled up piece of paper and launched it at his sister's head. Um, apparently is choosing to demonstrate in, in real time. Um, so we can, we'll pray for my kids later. Is that all right? Everyone there? No, it's all right there. Perfectly normal kids, aren't they? Um, but hopefully, what you're getting there, a little bit of a sense. And we're doing these family slots week by week by week. We know most families not bringing their kids in, and that's totally okay at the moment. Some of you, you are. If you do have kids here with you in the building, that the family room is available downstairs, and, and you can view and hear everything that's going on. Should you need to use it. Um, but for those of you who've got kids, we want everybody to be able to engage with the story. And that is the story of God. And week by week by week, all the way through the autumn, we're going to be unpacking different aspects and dynamics of the story of God all the way through to, dare I mention it, Christmas. Um, I'm not going to mention it again this morning. Um, it's still a long way off, isn't it? Isn't it? Even though they're selling mince pies in the shops. What's that about? It's a bit strange, isn't it? Uh, anyhow, week by week by week the story of God and not only just so that we can hear a good story or maybe learn a few things but hopefully so that we can encounter the God of the story the one who has crafted the story the one who speaks the story into being the one who has populated the story with the cast of characters of which you are one and the one who wants you to engage with the fullness of the promise of the story of God you see this story has a happy ending yeah, no. You, I know you're not allowed to sing, but you are allowed to say, yes, Greg, it does. Or, or if you're a Christian, you've been around church a while, you might want to throw in an amen or a hallelujah at that point, because in church we talk funny, don't we? Um, but you know, you're allowed to kind of you know, contribute to the story. As we go along, I'm going to ask a few questions, and, and it's not perhaps the same as with Grace. You don't have to yell out the answers, but I do want you to reflect upon them. If you do want to actually interact in dialogue, we do have a church uh, mobile number, I've got that phone with me now, and Sol, perhaps you could put that slide on the screen. It'll show up um, online as well. And if you do want to message through about any of the things that we're talking about this morning, then you are more than willing. Welcome. Not that slide. That is not it. The prayer line one, please, Sol. Um, thank you. Um, with the number on it, that would be absolutely fantastic. We're going to come to that in a moment. Anyhow, the big picture of where we're going this morning is this. Um, Every human, as you've heard, has chosen to sin. Um, deep down inside, we all know that we're responsible for our own lives and our own actions and the, the direction of our lives. And, and ultimately, what the Bible teaches us is, is that is to choose self over and apart from God. But God looks at our hearts. Self and sin within our lives and our hearts, they lead towards separation and death. But obedience to God and receiving his promise, his possibility of new life, it leads to the fullness of life in relationship with God. See, God, the Bible teaches us, has created us and indeed commanded us to be fruitful. And God himself is the source of grace and mercy. Last week, we began the story looking at the themes of creation and of rebellion. And we saw how God created the angels and created the foundations of the earth. We saw that, sadly, some of those angels did rebel against God because God cannot have the presence of evil near him. He cast those rebellious angels out of, out of heaven, away from his presence for future judgment. 
We also saw how God finished the earth and all living things, including humans, which were created in his image to be like him. I don't know whether anyone's ever told you, but you're created with the image of God built into you, his imprint upon you. There's something absolutely wondrously unique about you. And God blessed humanity to share his authority in creation, telling them to be fruitful and multiply, continuing in that work of creation. We learn that humans were given the ability to choose and ultimately, very sadly, they chose to disobey God, to trust themselves, to manage right and wrong for themselves. I don't know about you, but it seems that humanity, we don't do too well at the management of right and wrong apart from God. Again, God will not allow evil and rebellion in his perfect presence in creation. So Adam and Eve were cast out of that perfect garden. God, though, continued to show his care for the humans. He didn't destroy them in their rebellion. No, rather, he, he clothed them. And he, and, and he made a wonderful promise over their lives. I just want you to think for a moment. If you were a part of last week, and if you weren't, you can catch up online at any point. But if you were part of last week, what really sticks with you about that story of creation and of rebellion? Because we, as we progress this morning, um, it's not the jolliest of titles, let me tell you. We're going to be talking about sinful humanity this morning. There was no warning, was there? If, you, if I'd have told you that, you might not have come or logged on online. But uh, is it, what we're going to continue is this thought of the problem of our sin and separation from God. Because it's so important that we understand what God can do into this. The first part of our story this morning, it comes from the Bible in Genesis chapter 4, and, and maybe you might want to review that for yourself in the week. But before we get to the story there about two brothers, I want to ask you, wouldn't it be great if you could just fix all of the problems of your life, even the problems of your own making? Wouldn't it be great if at the, you know, the click of your fingers or you know, just by your own goodness or your own strength or your own cleverness, you could fix any problem around you or any problem you ever make? That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? I think it'd be pretty good. I'd like that. Clearly, the rest of you don't have any problems in life. Come tell me how you do it later. Um, Sol, would you put up that picture that we had just before? We can have it now. Thank you. Um, I don't know whether you heard about this story just the other day. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he doesn't get many mentions in church, um, but he was on his way to film um, and he was running a little bit late and obviously the entire cast and crew and everyone was waiting for him. He gets to the end of the driveway in what is no doubt some palatial mansion. And do you know who I'm talking about when I say The Rock, by the way? You're all looking blankly at me. Um, Okay, you do know who he is. Um, Former wrestler, now he's an actor. Still looking blank. Never mind. Those of you at home, you know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. Um, But uh, he got to the end of his driveway and he pressed the button for his gates to open and they didn't open. And, uh, and so uh, there was a power cut, apparently. Um, and so he went down to the gates. He tried the manual override, but they wouldn't open. So being the enormous man that he is, he literally grabbed a hold of the gates, wrenched them off their hinges, and threw them onto the garden. Can you believe that? That's kind of impressive, isn't it? I know for those of you online, I think you're seeing this picture. And there's a little picture of me down in the corner. I think that's right. just want to point out that I'm not the rock, even though that's the picture that you're seeing with this. 
I know you might get confused about that, but um, he just literally picked it up and threw it. Three of his employees had to come and lift these gates back into place later. Three normal people, but the rock just got it done. Wouldn't it be nice if when you face problems like that, you could just pick up your problems and throw them on the lawn? Wouldn't that be nice? And then other people came along and just kind of cleared. It doesn't work, does it, in life? The rest of us, we'd still be behind those gates, wouldn't we? Stuck, not knowing what to do. Life can be a bit like that. In our story, we've seen how Adam and Eve, they separated themselves from God by rebellion. And we're going to pick up the story. There they are, in the earth, wandering, trying to make a life for themselves. They had two sons, the Bible says, one named Cain and one named Abel. When they grew up, Cain became a farmer and Abel became a shepherd. At harvest time, Cain brought to God a gift of his farm produce, while Abel brought several of the very best lambs from his flock. It was a generous gift, and it was of the very, very best. God accepted Abel and his offering of the lambs, but he did not accept Cain and his offering, and it made Cain very angry and upset. Why are you so angry, God asked him. Why do you look so down? Won't you be accepted if you do what is right? But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, waiting to attack and destroy you. But you must bring it under control. Later, Cain suggested to his brother Abel, let's go out into the fields. While they were there, Cain attacked and killed his brother. It's the first murder described in the Bible. Afterward, God asked Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, Cain replied. Am I supposed to keep track of him wherever he goes? But God said, what have you done? Listen, your own brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You are now banished from the ground you have corrupted with his blood. No longer will it produce abundant crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless fugitive on the earth, constantly wandering from place to place. Cain replied to God, my punishment is more than I can handle. You've removed me from my land and from your presence. You've made me a wandering fugitive. All who see me will try to kill me. But God replied, no, they will not kill you. Anyone who tries to harm you will receive seven times your punishment. Excuse me. So God put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to harm or kill him. Then, then Cain left God's presence and traveled to the land east of the garden. The problem of sin is about leaving God's presence. And the consequence, it's devastatingly obvious, isn't it? Separation from God, fruitlessness in life, even death itself. As the team come back and they're going to lead us again in a song, I want to ask some questions. And Sol, you could put these up on the screen for us for a moment or two while I list them out. You know, we're unable to sing, but I do want you to reflect upon the story. And I want you to reflect, whether here or at home, upon who God is and what he's doing in the story. So here are the questions I'd love for you to reflect upon. Number one, why do you think Cain killed his brother? What is the problem of the human heart that's going on there? 
Is it a problem that you might recognize or a problem that you've had affected you and maybe not to that extent, but these issues of jealousy, of resentment, of bitterness, hatred. Why do you think then God accepted one offering and not the other? Perhaps hinted toward the idea of it being about the heart of of generosity and bringing the best, but what do you think the story is telling us? In God's first interaction with Cain, what is he doing? Why is God angry about sin? What do you think is going on there? What was God's reaction to the murder? You know, why didn't God just maybe look the other way or, or just not get involved? It was a horrible situation. Why did God get himself involved? Why uh, did God um, act in the way that he did towards Cain? What do you think Abel's blood was saying? You know, Jesus, God said that his blood was calling out from the ground. What, what, what do you think it says when we sin, when we harm one another? What does that say? And what do we learn about humans in this story? Even as we're led in song now, what does God want to say about who we are before him? And God is present with us. Whether we're here or at home, God wants to speak to us about who we are as well as about who he is. And to help us to understand how he bridges that divide so as this song flows now I'd invite you you can sit you can stand however you want let's reflect upon these questions and allow God to speak truth of his story speak his truth into our story we're going to continue the story for the next few moments and um, the, the next part of the story continues a little further on in the book of Genesis at the beginning of the Bible, chapters 6 through to chapter 9. And, um, and it's a very well-known story as well from the Bible. It's the story of, of Noah and the flood. Before we get there, I think what we're realizing is that, that, that sadly we can't just wrench the problem of sin off of its hinges and chuck it to one side so easily. It spreads. And we're living in a world that is dealing with the horror of something that is unseen spreading. And all of our mediation and all of our, our tactics to try and diminish the spread, yes, they're effective, and yet there is still spread and the consequence of it. There's another um, uh, thing that's been happening in our world over the summer and with everything else that's going on, you might have missed it, but um, a ship, an oil tanker, um, ran aground in Mauritius back in July and, um, and it, it hit this coral reef, one of, one of the most kind of precious protected environments um, on earth and then the oil started to leak and it wasn't a very big ship by you know, those, those standards, um, but to date, they reckon that over 1,000 tons of oil have leaked out of that one ship and, um, and have started to infect the two incredibly important marine protected environments, um, areas that are home to 1,700 species, including 800 types of fish. I didn't know there were 800 types of fish. That's a lot, isn't it? 17 kinds of marine mammals, turtles and all sorts. And, and everything there is being covered and coated with all of these dangerous chemicals that are coming out of the oil. One scientist commented, there are very few such marine areas with such rich biodiversity left on the planet. An oil spill like this will impact almost everything there. 
We see, don't we, on a global scale, we see in that environment how things uh, outside of uh, proper um, bounds and, and, and relationship, in fact, as we're talking about with sin and, and with God, these things, they spread and they infect and they cause devastation and destruction. Look, it's not just on a global scale. It's not just in Mauritius. Uh, my boy um, has been coming home almost every day over recent uh, weeks with splots of of ink over his jumper um, from school. He's in reception. He's just getting to grips with everything. And we just assumed it was felt tip because, you know, he gets felt tip all over him all the time. So, you know, we, we're like, we know what to do with this. And you get your, you get your soap and you get your, your stain removers and we're kind of scrubbing away. And it's not coming off. It's not coming off and we, we can't really understand it. So we, you know, all right, we'll soak it in some vanish. And then, you know, you put it in the wash on a long wash with a pre-wash with extra vanish in. And you'd all these, still there. We didn't understand what was happening until finally he told us it was when he was doing phonics, which means he was at a whiteboard with a marker pen. Evil things. Bring back, bring back blackboards with chalk. That's what I say. I can get chalk dust out and all his clothes. Are, and so we've got this rubbing alcohol now and we're kind of trying to desperately scrub these things out. That's another illustration for another time, I reckon, Grace. But ah, these stains and these things, they spread and they infect and they, they're not easy to get rid of. Whether local or global, personal, environmental, disaster happens and spreads. Sin spreads. And so the story continues. In Genesis 6, we find that the number of humans on the earth, it grew rapidly. Not only did sin spread from Adam and Eve to their sons, it spread from generation to generation. Even though humans were created in God's image, everybody still was choosing to disobey God. They constantly acted out in violence against one another. God saw people's thoughts and they were completely evil all of the time. It broke his heart made him wish he had never created humanity so God decided to start over he said I'll completely wipe out this human race that I have created I'm sorry I ever made them but there was one man named Noah who found grace in the eyes of God Noah had a close relationship with God and was the only blameless man living on earth at that time so God said to Noah I have decided to cover the earth with a flood destroying everything but I will give you a plan to keep you safe you know how this bit goes don't you God told Noah to build a large ark giving him specific instructions about how big to make it what to make it out of what it should look like he said to him make an ark from wood and seal it with tar inside and out build the decks and the stalls for the animals I promise to keep you safe in this ark and bring in the, the pairs of the animals I have approved, both those approved for sacrifices and those for other, um, all the other animals as well. These animals will come to you to be kept alive. And remember, take enough food for you and for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had told him to. And just as God said, the floods came, the waters burst out from the earth and poured down from the sky and... When the, when the waters rose, the ark floated safely on the surface with Noah and his family and all the animals safely inside. The flood, though, covered even the tallest of mountains and everything on the earth was destroyed except for those on the ark. After 40 days, the rain stopped. 
Many months passed as the waters slowly began to dry up. For weeks, Noah sent out a dove to see if it could find dry land. Finally, it returned with an olive leaf in its mouth. So Noah sent the dove out again, and when it didn't come back, he knew it was safe to return to land. As soon as Noah came off the ark, he built an altar. He selected the pure animals from every species and sacrificed them to God as a symbol of thankfulness and worship. God was pleased with Noah's sacrifice and said, I will never again curse the earth, destroying all living things with a flood, even though people's thoughts and actions are bent towards evil. God blessed Noah and his sons, telling them to be fruitful and to multiply, to have many children and once again fill the earth with people. Then God told Noah and his children, I have put all animals under your control. You can use them for food, but you must never eat animals that still have their lifeblood in them. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. Life is in the blood, and all life belongs to me. God also said, as a symbol of my promise, I will hang a rainbow in the clouds. When I see the rainbow, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. It's fascinating, isn't it? To find that the rainbow isn't just a symbol that has uh, kind of captured the imagination during this COVID pandemic, but actually it speaks to salvation and life and promise right the way back to the time of Noah. My goodness, it's a significant thing, isn't it? I'm going to invite the team to come back and they're going to lead us in another song. And in a little while, we're going to come to share in communion. And I'll explain that um, when we get to that point. But I want you now to reflect again on some questions. And I think they're going to come up on the screen again for us. And questions that perhaps can help us to unpack a little bit of what's going on in this troubling and challenging story. Maybe what is going on even in our own hearts, our own lives, our own world. Why do you think God did flood the earth and destroy everything? Do you think he had good reasons for doing that? How do those reasons land with you? What do you think is going on there? Why do you think Noah and his family were spared? What does it mean, do you think, to be blameless? Was Noah sinless? Or was this something else that was speaking to what God was going to do through Noah. From this story, how does God feel about people? And not just all of humanity, but how does God feel about us, about you, about me? Where previously in the story, we've seen God blessing, telling people to be fruitful and multiply. Why is that significant? Why is that command important? What does it say about God's intention for your life, for my lives? If he says, be fruitful, multiply, what's he saying to us? What did God say to Noah about the animals and their blood? What did God also say in our story about murder and blood and life? Why is it important? We'll perhaps unpack that in a moment when we come to share communion. But there's something very important here happening about life, the meaning of life, the sanctity of life, the promise of life, and God's way of saving our lives. We thank you, dear God, for your goodness. Lord God, in all of the changing seasons of life, and the truth is, in all of the changing nature of our own humanity, of our own hearts, our own faithlessness, 
you never change. You are always good and perfect and right. And Lord God, my prayer is that we would choose to put our trust in you, to know your goodness, not only running after us, but finding us and transforming us. In the story that we've been considering this morning, we see how it is that God is good and he is perfect and he is right. Tragically, so sadly, we, his people, that we're made in his image, we reject his goodness, his perfection, his rightness. He runs after us, we run away from him and his goodness. But God, in his grace and his mercy and his faithfulness, he never gives up on us. And what the story teaches us, even just this far, is that God is powerful, he is in control. He will not allow evil to remain in his presence. He will not pretend that sin is not a problem. He will not whitewash, pretend that things don't matter. But God will deal with the problem of sin and of our brokenness, of our separation from him. He is the source of all grace. And just as he saved Noah and his family, God wants to save us. He wants to save all of humanity. Before saving, God brings warning, doesn't he? Just like he did with Noah. He brings an act of grace, mercy, just as he did with Cain. And God here today wants to come to us with grace, with mercy, with a warning that we need to be right with God. As we've heard repeatedly this morning, God has done everything necessary for us to be right with God. So if you're in the building here today or if you're at home, I'd love for you to get a hold of your your cup, your bread, however it is that you've got a hold of these things. You might want to stand with me. Even if you're at home, I would encourage you to stand and, and let's really focus ourselves upon what it is that we're doing this morning. This, this bread, it speaks to us. It speaks to us of our brokenness, but very particularly it speaks to us of the brokenness of Christ Jesus upon the cross that through his death we might be we might be made whole we might be redeemed we might be set free and if you know and love Jesus Christ I would encourage you now to take and eat of the bread and to give thanks to God for the way that he makes us whole for the way in which his bread this bread rather his body was broken for us please do take and eat as well and just as we heard repeatedly in our stories that the preciousness of the blood the blood of Abel crying out from the ground the blood even of the the animals being preserved to speak to um, those ancient peoples that there was life in the blood so today we recognize what the Bible was teaching us teaching us that Jesus would come and through his shed blood on the cross there would be life for us all it's the most precious thing that we could ever have come into our lives. And so uh, this morning, I would encourage you, why don't you in your own words say thank you for the life of Jesus? 
say thank you that he was willing to go to a cross for you and for me. That his blood might be shed, his life might be poured out so that you and I might have life. So that the stain and the shame of our sin might be washed away. So that we might not be tending now toward death, but through him, belief in him, trust in him, being reconciled to him, we might come again to life. Life in its fullness, life forevermore. Give thanks to God in your own words, from your own heart. We say thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you have done for us. Thank you for giving your life that we might live. And we can take and we can drink together, thanking Jesus for his goodness today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be led in another song of worship as we draw to a close. I would encourage you, reflect on these things. It's not just about a moment. It's about the wholesale and total transformation of your life, of my life, so that we might be right with God again and live according to his purposes. We talk of the story of God, not just so that we might know it, but so that we might go from this place, go from our homes. Whether it's going online, if we're restricted to our homes at the moment, whether it's going on the phone or by text, or whether it's in our workplaces or our schools, that we might take this story of God's goodness and grace to a world in need. So as we worship again, as we close, reflect on the story. Maybe even right now you might consider, who can I tell about the story of God this week? Who can I be praying for right now that they may know that God loves them, that God has a plan for their lives, that God wants to speak still into a world that we know is full of uncertainty, it's full of anger, it's full of hopelessness, but God is still here. He's with us. He wants to walk with us. So as we worship now, why don't you pray for somebody you know? I'm sure we all know somebody. They need to know something of the story of God. And we'll lift them before God this morning as we worship in this closing song. And then I'll come uh, to dismiss us as we close. Thank you, Jesus. Our hearts cry, our prayer this morning, Lord God, as a church, as individuals following you, Lord God, is that you would be the center of all things. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the work of the cross in our lives, that we are set free from the penalty of sin. You have taken all of that punishment upon yourself. We thank you for this. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you that as we continue to journey and walk with you, you are setting us free from the power of sin. We are becoming more and more like you, Jesus. And we thank you for that reality. Jesus, we praise you for the truth that you are coming again. And soon there will be a day when you set us free, all of your new creation set free from even the very presence of sin. And we praise you for that also. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 It's been a pleasure to be able to share with you today. 
um, both here in the building and online. Just a couple of things to share with you as you're preparing to head off. One is that from next week, we're going to be having a a new way of engaging with prayer. Um, When you're coming here in the building, you'd be used perhaps in times past to our prayer stations in the building. That's not so appropriate at the moment, of course. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to have a tent set up outside. And uh, please, God, we'll have decent weather. Um, But it's going to be for, as it were, a walk-through open-air prayer station um, so that you and anyone you know can come and receive appropriately socially distanced prayer. Um, And it's for anybody who happens to be walking by the building as well. So before the gathering, for a short time after the gathering, uh, we're going to have that available. um, And it'd be great for us to, uh, to engage with that. If you know people who need prayer, bring them along. And uh, we're more than willing to to pray for anyone and all who would like that. Um, Another thing to update you on briefly before you head off is our social supermarket. And it's been great recently to have a couple of information evenings online uh, with those who are wanting to to be a part of that response to community need locally. If you're not sure what that is yet or you, you want to know more about it, please do. If you're online, use our connection card and get in touch that way. Use our church prayer line to message me or I'm going to be available at the side of the the stage here if you're in the building and you'd like to know more about that. Loads of different ways of connecting. You might want to be a part of decorating the premises, of stocking the premises or of indeed serving people as they come to receive food and care and love in appropriate ways that bless our community. So if you want to know more about that, do let me know as well. God bless you been wonderful to be able to gather here and online and uh, we look forward to seeing you again next time connect with your transformed communities through the week and we'll see you again next sunday god bless you